0: Hey, Mac, it's pregame. Week three of the preseason is here. I know it's dwindling down, and the regular season cannot come soon enough. John, what's the team down in Miami? What can we expect from the team today? What's your initial thoughts as we get ready for the game tonight?
1: Um, get through it. Get through it as healthy as possible. Obviously, you're not going to see uh, many of the key players, uh, certainly not going to see uh, the key starters. Uh, number of players obviously have to play from a numbers standpoint, but uh, uh, for the most part, the starters got their work in earlier in the week, the joint practice with the Dolphins, and then Thursday when the Dolphins had to cancel their part of it with the Eagles' practice at the, the Dolphins' facility. And, you know, that's what the Eagles believe. So the starters got their work in during the week, and this will be for the reserves and those guys trying to make those final – three or four roster spots as we get to cut down day, which is Tuesday, August 30th. So um, it's coming up very, very quickly. that We'll we'll finally get down to the, the initial 53 for the Eagles.
0: Which is coming up on, on two, I believe the final cuts are. Yeah. John, that cancellation, obviously out of the Eagles' hands, but based on the way you just described that, I mean, that has implications on – The starters and the end of the roster, no. I mean, they didn't quite get the work in. They were expecting to get the work in maybe from a starter standpoint. And then if you're fighting for that back spot, maybe you were hoping to put up good work against the Dolphins offense or vice versa if you're a defensive player or an offensive player. uh, What's your take on that? Is there a bigger implication there that might impact the Eagles
1: or the decision-making or anything? No, not from the Eagles' standpoint. Maybe from the Dolphins' standpoint because they obviously didn't have practice at all. But from the Eagles' standpoint, they had practice, and it was very high intensity with the basically the first and second team. So the deep reserves didn't even get a chance to do much of practice this week. And that was the plan because the game is going to be for them. Um, and the plan was to get the, the first-teamers and all the key players heavy, heavy work in practice Eagles were able to do that. The only thing that changed from their perspective was they were working against each other on Thursday instead of the Dolphins.
0: Well, I think that's a big difference, no? I mean, playing against your own guys, playing against your own <clears throat> students versus, you know, a difference in uh, philosophy, a difference in personnel, a difference in uh, location, temperature, the whole nine yards. I and mean, you just go into different things that prepare you for the season, right?
1: Well, it's a little bit different from an evaluation standpoint because you'd like to see your key guys against a different team. Um, So that part is a little bit uh, uh, slight difference. But um, from the standpoint of how they were approaching this week, uh, their thought process hasn't changed. And they're not going to play starters because there wasn't going to be practice on Thursday. They got all their work in. You know, you didn't see any third-team reps on Thursday because they were getting all their first and second team players as many reps as possible uh, to get them ready. Um, And this is, you know, what it is. You see it across the league and um, already there's some games today with starters being scratched by the dozens. And you're going to see the same thing today.
0: Uh, John, anyone as so I know it's obviously a look at the uh, the bottom half of the roster and maybe even further than that. Any names on the top of your mind today? Anyone you have your eyes on? Anyone you think the coaches, uh, offensively or defensively, have their eyes on? Uh, who's on John McMullen's bubble, if you will, as we get ready for Tuesday?
1: <clears throat> well, I think the bubble. I think the most interesting player is probably going to be N'Kobe Dean. He's not a bubble player, obviously, but he's going to have to play because they're not going to play the starters. So that's P.J. Edwards and Kaiser White. Plus the other backups, Christian Ellis and Sean Bradley. Sean was ill this week, so he didn't take place in practice. Now maybe he'll be healthy enough to play. Christian's been out with a hamstring injury. So N'Kobe might have to play a lot of snaps, and that's going to be interesting because he's a good player, and this might be an environment you'd expect him to dominate a little bit. So that's a player I'd keep an eye on. Grant Calcaterra is a player I'd keep an eye on because, you know, he missed so much time with that hamstring injury and this will be his preseason debut. So, you know, a, he's got to come out of it healthy, but I think if he plays well, uh, he's going to make this football team. Um, so all he has to do is sort of finish it uh, because the Eagles think a lot of them from in a, a, a sort of a projection standpoint, uh, then your backup defensive backs. I mean, that is the one area. When you talk about bubble, that is the actual bubble. You don't know, what the Eagles are thinking at back at safety? Are they going to default to the veteran, uh, Sikorsky Tart now that he's gotten a little bit back in the swing of things? Is it going to be Kayvon Wallace? Is it going to be Josiah Scott? Andre Sastre has begun to play more nickel corner than, than safety. So they're trying a lot of different things, at safety. Even undrafted kid like Reed Blankenship, um, those are, are, are the players truly on the bubble same thing with the backup cornerback position. Uh, Josh Job, I think, has made this team, but he's got an elbow injury. So we'll see how serious that is, if, if he's going to be healthy enough. And if he's not, maybe that opens the door for somebody else, the Kerry Benson, to the world, the Mac McCains, the Tay gallons They really have to play well today to even be in the conversation for the 53.
0: Uh, is there – any capacity will we see any any of the starters is it um i know you mentioned to dean could we see his georgia mate jordan davis will we see anyone of major significance that will be playing significant snaps on sundays that count this year or is this mainly uh bottom half younger players calcaterras uh like you just mentioned the defensive backs anyone of significance going to get some reps here
1: yeah, there'll be a couple. I mean, there's only 80 players, remember, on the right. right. So you, gotta, yeah, you you got to play somebody. So some of the rookies might be uh, – uh, there might be an opportunity. It'll be interesting to see how they handle Cam Jurgens and Jordan Davis. You know, guys like Quez Watkins, who's technically a starter, he might have to play. Um, uh, Milton Williams, who's a big part of, of, of the rotation, uh, he might have to play. Uh, guys like that Uh, so you know there there will be a few players sprinkled in but also i think you know they'll only play a little bit and they'll try to get them out there as quickly as possible and then they're going to give these young players uh, and as long as they stay healthy like Reed and i mean he's going to play reeds reeds going to play the majority of the game at quarterback so um you know Carson Strong might finally get some opportunity. He's not even getting reps at practice, so he might be thrown into the deep end of the pool from a quarterback perspective. But, yeah, I mean, if you're tuning into this game for, to evaluate the key players that are going to be there in Detroit on September 11th, you're, you're not going to be having fun because you're not going to get a chance to. to no, but I do it. like
0: to look for the diamonds in the raw for the, uh, the players that, you know, some players, I think, hold with them. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me right now. You got yeah, I
1: lost my uh, – I got
0: one in there. So. You, got, um, you know, I think certain players have um, – a. Sw- I don't know if you can call it a swagger or even before they're proven, I think fans watch them uh, in a magnifying glass. And Cody Dean is one of those players. So I like to watch uh, players like that. From a coaching standpoint, John, what are you expecting to me? I mean, I know it's I know you your your funny term that I've loved all week has been if there's a flavor more vanilla than vanilla, that's what we're gonna see. Well, how do you evaluate the players? Or maybe it's not much of an evaluation period, and I'm talking myself into believing it is,
1: but uh, it might not be at all. Um you, you, it, it's an evaluation standpoint of you're just going out there and seeing guys and letting them see if they can play so you know they're against other nfl players how do they hold up athletically but yeah i mean i was talking to some of the defensive coaches and they flat out admitted look we're not going to do anything first day install stuff um the offense i didn't get it directly from the coaches but you know they're not going to show anything why would they so um that's just the nature but that's the nature of the league in general. Nobody else. Miami's not going to show anything. So, it's it's just about uh, going out and letting young players play, seeing if they're comfortable, seeing if they understand what they're being told to do. That's a big part of it. The football IQ part of it. The classroom part of it. Are they are they implementing the techniques that they've been taught? Things like that. So, you know, when when Nick Sirianni said. Jalen Hurts had his best practice uh, of, of his Eagles tenure, of Nick Sirianni's Eagles tenure. You know, what he was talking about is is that kind of classroom stuff. In other words, he was doing what he was taught to do, doing what he was told to do, even though there weren't a lot of splashy plays. So, you know, the way coaches look at things like this is a little bit different than fans. who are going to look for big plays and results. They're looking more for technique. What you're taught? Are you doing what you're taught? Are you staying on that page? And that's why it it becomes a little bit, you know, difficult to to, to try to ascertain what they're trying to get accomplished. And that's why preseason football isn't, uh, you know, the best thing in the world for the fan, to
0: be honest. Yeah, and it it certainly seems like a couple of your beat buddies who got out of town after the practices. It almost seems like the whole NFL, the whole – everyone as a whole is, is putting more attention on the joint practices and just the regular season. I mean, these I don't know if we're going to have three three preseason games for much longer at this rate.
1: Yeah, well, and the, the goal is to get the 18 regular season. When they do that, they'll scale back to two preseason. To be honest, they don't even need preseason games. But they'll never get to that point because it's a, it's a money thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a coach's standpoint, they value the joint practices more, uh, and that's why you see it all over the league. You see more joint practices being scheduled, um, and that's where they get their work in, because it's a more controlled environment. And so the people who say, you got to play, I mean, college has been doing it for years. College football started today, week zero, they call it college football. You didn't see any preseason games, did you? Do you ever see any preseason? Nope. They just go out and practice and play so it's one of those things where it's sort of inertia they do it this way because they've always done it and, and the money part but uh yeah definitely the joint practices are more important than the preseason game. this was just it. the, the bunning and the big stadium and all the fans
0: got it uh john i want to get your evaluation a little bit on what you've seen so far at, at practice training <laughs> camp is now done it's over uh, we won't have it again until the 2023 football season this time next year. What did you see? Uh, did any of the young players that we're going to see today, did they stand out? Is there anyone that's on your radar as a potential player of impact in the future for this team? Maybe it's a late-round pick. I know, you know, think back to four or five years ago, you know, it was my Mylotta. He was learning how to put the helmet on, but, wow, this guy is big. Look at him, In in, in a couple years' time, he might be a player. Is there anyone that you've seen at camp, anyone anyone you're looking at uh, that's that's stood out to you?
1: Um, Well, a couple of them I mentioned at at the top. I mean, Calcaterra is a guy I'm really interested in because he's got a really high ceiling, it looks like, as a receiver. And I think the Eagles believe that and are sort of deferring to that talent. Um, But he's got to go out there and he's got to prove it. He's got to be able to stay healthy. Uh, He's got to be able to play. Uh, I'm interested to see Nickovia Dean in this game because I want to see him against players he should dominate against, and, and see if he can. Uh, and that's a player who I think is obviously he's a part of this team and he's going to uh, uh, be a part of this roster. But I think a lot of people assumed he would be a starter from day one. That's not going to happen. Um, but that's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, two, three years down the line, he needs to be a starter. So yeah, just like I you know. Guess. Yeah, so, you know, this is the start of that process. Uh, people just need to slow down with him a little bit. And the Kyron Johnson of the world, too. He's another bubble player. Some of these, you know, Reef blankenship is showing a lot to me. I don't know if the Eagles can default to him. They could probably get him through waivers. They can probably put him on the practice squad. So that comes into it. When you're talking about the 53-man roster, There's a lot of strategy now because you have a 16-man practice squad. So there's, you know, maybe there's a belief you can get somebody like Blankenship through waivers and maybe you think you can't get somebody else through waivers. And that plays into the strategy. So um, there's a lot of things on that back end of the roster. And then trades, you know, Jalen is going to play. And if he plays well, that might help the Eagles in their efforts to, to trade him, which he would like. Um, and and if that trade comes to pass, that opens the door for another receiver, maybe a Deion Kane, maybe somebody of that nature.
0: John, is it fair to say if if I'm a Deion Cain or I'm a Greg Ward or someone whatever side of the ball, whatever position you play, if you're on the bubble, are you approaching this game like can are they going out there like I want to show them I belong on this team. I know we talked about how, like, how meaningless these games are becoming, how quickly they are becoming meaningless. But, I mean, I don't know. Just from a pure competitive standpoint, if I'm Deion Kane and I know – I mean, he's, he's a smart guy, I'm sure. Hey, I can look. I see there's four or five receivers that are going to make it. My spot is in danger. Am I going to go out there and try and catch balls and make plays and run hard? Is it fair to say that, that they will be doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean everybody. They're they're putting film on 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 out there not only for the Eagles but for other teams as well. If they are cut, right. they are not brought that. So yeah, everybody wants to put their best foot forward that is out there. So, you know, when I say it's not important, it's not important from a a starter standpoint. Um, it's very important from the guys who are playing in this game because if they play poorly nobody's going to look at them. Nobody's going to say, oh, we need help at wide receiver. Maybe let's go get Deion Kane because the Eagles have to waive him. Um, There's a ton of offensive linemen on this team. I I mean, they can't keep them all. So guys like Jack Anderson and uh, Coyote Awaseka and Josh Sills, who's done a a good job as an undrafted free agent, it's going to be really difficult for them to make this particular team. So but there's a lot of teams in this league that need offensive line help, and they're going to look at Philadelphia because everybody knows how deep the Eagles are on, on the offensive line. If they play poorly today, though, that could affect that their their futures maybe in another city. So it's it's very big for those types of players.
0: Yeah, it's quietly a very important time for. A general manager there's you know the fans might see it or, or or the common person anyone that just you know views the game might see it as uh you know take the best 53 players but like you laid out is it 16 practice player uh spot 16 so 16. You have 53 you have certain positions that are more valuable than others how do you play it? what's the strategy who do you try and hide I know, um, I think it was Les Bowen who brought this up on Bird 365 this week when you were down in Miami. Back in Chip Kelly's era, the Eagles drafted Jordan Poyer and tried to hide him on the practice squad. And now he's a superstar safety in the league. So it's very interesting, Tom. I think there's actually a little bit of uh, pressure on, not pressure because it's not, not everyone's watching him, but maybe some internal pressure uh, for Howie to, to kind of play it right.
1: Yeah, I mean Les is right. Occasionally that kind of thing happens, but there is a little bit of overblown and everybody seems to forget every year and think you're going to lose five, six yeah. players on waivers. Yeah, you're not going to, that's not going to happen, but occasionally you lose a key guy you do want to keep. Happened a couple of years ago with uh, Noah Tungiai, but the reality is Noah didn't do much in Indianapolis and ended up back here anyway, so that's usually a more likely path, but Um, From their standpoint, they're just trying to make a roster. They're just trying to make a living, trying to make an NFL team. And even if you're the 53rd player on an NFL team, you're making a good living. So that is a big difference from practice squad pay. So it's really important for those players and, 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 and they'll be pushing very, very hard in this game.
0: John, I'll let you get out of here. Good pregame wrap as we get ready for preseason week three. Is there? I don't, I'm not going to go out and make you make a prediction. I know you don't like to do that as, <laughs> as it is, and I certainly can't make you do it on a game like this. Uh, but what's your final thoughts? Uh, we're closing up pregame. Any final thoughts anything, uh, left on your head that you want that you want
1: to get out there? My uh, my final thought is enjoy Reed uh, Sinnett against uh, Skyler Thompson, and, and I'm hoping we at
0: least see Carson strong. I mean, a little
1: bit, no. It, Well, in many games, well, you'd rather see Reed, trust me, on that one. For the benefit of
0: entertainment, for the benefit of the unknown, can we see some?
1: You probably are going to see a little bit of Carson Strong. But the poor guy hasn't gotten any reps in practice. I don't know how much they can play him. Um, But the Eagles got Reed from the Dolphins, so a little bit of a revenge uh, game from
0: Reed. Yeah, I saw that. that. And I'm I'm joking
1: about it. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh,
0: but he played with Tua. He played with Jalen. I thought. Yeah. I think I saw that he gave a comment on the contrasting styles of those two quarters and how they lead their teams, which is uh, pretty interesting. But all right, Johnny Mac, enjoy the game down there in Miami. Stay cool uh, and enjoy the final week of preseason football as we get ready to finally get into what we've all been waiting for: the 2022
1: regular season.
0: Have a good one, Johnny Mac.
1: All right. Thanks, Andrew.